Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. We're headed to the home stretch of football season and basketball is in full swing. And BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the action this year. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code BLEAVE50, B-L-E-A-V-50, to receive your bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Oh yeah, everybody, it's time for the Memes of the Weekend podcast here on Take It Easy. I hope you all are having a fantabulous day after week one of bowl games and NFL week 15 and the end of the world as we know it because COVID is sending us back into quarantines and lockdowns once again. Not to mean that seeming like the end of the world situation. But anyways, welcome in everybody. I hope you are having a fantabulous day here today. Y'all know the drill here on the podcast. We're going to talk about some fun stuff that happened over the weekend. As always, give out the Kirk Cousins Purgatory Award. We're going to talk about who was the forgettable game of the week. Might be a little bit of an outsider because there were a lot of forgettable games in a small window this week. And with less games, it just means less chance to have forgettable games of the week. So we'll do that. We'll give the Kirk Cousins Purgatory Award and we'll play a fun little game of players that resurfaced in the league that we kind of forgot about because of all of the COVID opt, well, not COVID opt outs, all of the COVID quarantines and protocols. Uh, some weird names reemerged this week and had some baller weeks in an NFL that felt especially dirty this week. Like, I know NFL is modern gladiators and, and we watch them die on the field sometimes and watch them die. Uh, we don't have to watch them die because it ends up happening after, but Donald Parnum took a huge injury today. There was one in uh, the Giants game that was really brutal. Uh, There was just a lot of injuries this week in the NFL, and we're going to talk about one of them kicking off here because it is the Denver Broncos. And, of course, that means we're going to talk about Teddy Bridgewater at some point here. But first, I want to put first and foremost out here, we're not going to laugh at the Teddy Bridgewater injury. Now, Let's talk about the Denver Broncos because the Denver Broncos came into today at 7-6 and six, and they're one of these teams that we've talked about for a long time is what we classify as perpetually mediocre and they have a fan base that is irrationally excited about Denver Broncos football based on where their expectations are. And when you have a team that has fan base with higher expectations than the actuality of where the franchise is... This is a perfect team to start beef with. Why is this a team to start beef with? Because they're going to feel the pain more, you're going to get to be right, and it maximizes the amount of times that you're going to be right about that franchise because the fan base is disillusioned to where the franchise sits. Jaguars fans know their team is terrible. Jets fans know their team is terrible. Giants fans don't always know their team has been mediocre for a decade. Broncos fans don't act like their franchise has been perpetually mediocre for about six years going on seven after the Peyton Manning Super Bowl. They have not made the playoffs. It'll probably be a decade before Denver is relevant again. 
But Denver, even though they traded Von Miller, and even though the Denver Broncos were ready to give up on this season, they found a way to end up 7-6 and six and entering a game against the Cincinnati Bengals, who were also right there for the playoff chase, the Denver Broncos found themselves in a position where they were going to walk into a game against the Bengals, which normally would be considered the fourth out of four games on the NFL red zone afternoon block, which I guess Atlanta and San Francisco kind of took that mantle today. But Cincinnati and Denver were actually fighting for a playoff spot. And the thing I talked about for a couple weeks is it feels like the Bengals and the Chargers were going to battle it out for the final wildcard spot in the AFC. But now that Baltimore's lost Lamar Jackson, the Bengals might just get in the playoffs altogether. I think the Bengals might actually be in the AFC North playoff spot right now. They play the Baltimore Ravens next week, maybe with Lamar, maybe without Lamar. It'll be an interesting game to decide one playoff spot with real stakes and storylines. And so Cincinnati gets into this game where I assume they're going to win. I assume Cincinnati is going to win because Denver is not actually a good team at 7-6. and six. It's like how I said the Atlanta Falcons are 6-7 and seven and they will probably lose every game the rest of the season going into this week when I pick the 49ers and that includes them playing a game against the Lions next week. It's looking a lot better for the Lions except the Lions kind of won that weird flute game this week against Arizona instead of beating the Falcons next week like I thought they would. But anyways, Broncos are 7-6, and six, but they're not actually 7-6 and six good. And Denver played the most Denver Broncos game imaginable because Denver has no offense. When they played the Detroit Lions last week, we talked about how when you play a bad team, you get to impose the will you wanted. For the Broncos, it was 40 carries. 40 carries for Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. That was the way they were going about it. And so Denver has... Run game, run game, run game, but it doesn't do anything against the Bengals, and they score three points in the first half, and they scored 10 total points in the game, and it was just the most Broncos game ever. It's Vic Mangio wants to run the ball, dominate time of possession, and just punt. Just punt the ball over and over and over and over again, like we've been saying all year. The Chargers and Broncos technically could have had the same record at the end of this week, and the Broncos technically had a tiebreaker against the Chargers because they won head-to-head. The thing the Chargers have that the Broncos don't is an offense. The Broncos have no offense and a defense that is, you know, pretty good. And so Denver's doing the most Denver thing ever. And we can come laugh at this on memes of the weekend. And I know this game technically had stakes, but at the perfect moment where the Broncos had a chance to upend the entire wildcard picture, they did the most Broncos thing ever and play a 15 to 10 game against the Bengals and Drew Locke had the ball in the red zone and he basically handed the ball to the Bengals defender who then fumbles the football and the Broncos recover but the Broncos don't get the ball because he's ruled down all of that is happening and then Teddy Bridgewater gets injured and Teddy Bridgewater is the punchline we've been making all year about game manager quarterback that Teddy Bridgewater is not going to do anything remarkable. He's going to hand the ball off 30 times, and he's going to maybe not throw too many catastrophic interceptions. But he will throw some catastrophic interceptions, just not a ton of catastrophic interceptions. And Teddy Bridgewater suffered a really gruesome injury. Uh, They were looking at whether or not he had a feeling in his extremities, and he ends up being okay. He goes to the hospital. Uh, They're checking him for a head injury, and This was similar to the Donald Parnum situation that happened last week uh, with the Chargers and Chiefs game. And so now all of a sudden, it's not 
funny anymore because Teddy Bridgewater has suffered a cataclysmic injury. Except this is the thing we also do in football all the time, which is whenever there's a gruesome injury or a player suffers a torn ACL and they're down on the field, we just cut to another broadcast or we just cut to another play or we cut to Mike Williams catching 80-yard touchdown bombs from Justin Herbert while this other person is getting carted off the field because that's kind of how football works. And every now and then there's this one bad injury like Ryan Shazier on Monday Night Football that reminds us that this sport is really, really unhealthy. And Teddy Bridgewater has one of these really bad injuries, and Teddy Bridgewater ends up going off the field, and now I don't want to make Teddy Bridgewater jokes anymore, even though before he got hurt, it was the most perfect Teddy Bridgewater game ever. Don't want to make those jokes anymore about the fact that Teddy Bridgewater ended up going on the game 12 for 22 for 98 yards and a 66 passer rating. I don't want to joke about how Teddy Bridgewater, in a game where the Broncos had one chance to try and make the playoffs as a team that did not deserve to make the playoffs, the most Teddy Bridgewater game ever. Because Teddy Bridgewater then got hurt. But you know who came in for Teddy Bridgewater? Drew Locke. And do we want to make Drew Locke jokes? Kind of do. Because... Last year, we said all year during uh, the pandemic when it first started in the 2020 offseason, I don't know how good Drew Locke is. You don't know how good Drew Locke is. Dallin Elway doesn't know how good Drew Locke is. No one in the NFL knows how good Drew Locke is at football. And after eight games last year, it was fairly confident Drew Locke is not good at football. And so the Denver Broncos end up moving on from Drew Locke for Teddy Bridgewater instead of drafting Justin Fields with a new general manager and a team that wasn't ready to compete for the playoffs this year. And then Drew Locke comes in with a chance to save their season and the Bengals hold the ball into what we affectionately know as Philip Rivers purgatory. The Broncos got the ball with one minute and 14 seconds left, possibly to save their season. One minutes and 14 seconds left in the football game against the Bengals down five no timeouts, length of the field to go. The Denver Broncos got the ball at the 25-yard line. Classic Phillip Rivers purgatory. 116, 75 yards to go. No timeouts, down five. And right before I brought up the Pat Shermer curse, that Pat Shermer in 13 years as an offensive coordinator and head coach has had as his quarterbacks, Sam Bradford, Colt McCoy, Seneca Wallace, Brandon Whedon, Sam Bradford again, Nick Foles, but this was Nick Foles on the Philadelphia Eagles, Sam Bradford for a third time, Case Keenum, the last season of Eli Manning's career, Daniel Jones, Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, and Drew Locke again. We can also throw Kendall Hinton, that wide receiver who started a game one time, if you'd like. Pat Shermer has had terrible quarterbacks for 13 years. Vic Fangio runs an offense four yards at a time, doesn't score a lot of points, has 20-play, 88-yard drives against the Chiefs that take up 12 minutes and score no points. That is the Denver Broncos. They have one of the worst offenses in the NFL, regardless of even tanking status. And this is how they finished in Philip Rivers purgatory. And it's the greatest meme that I want to end this podcast with right now, or at least end this segment. From the 25-yard line with 1.16 to go. First and 10. Drew Locke steps back to pass. Drew Locke pass incomplete short left to Cortland Sutton. Holding on Garrett Bowles. No play. 10-yard penalty accepted. First and 20. 
Drew Locke steps back to pass. Drew Locke pass incomplete short middle intended for Jerry Judy. Second and 20 at Denver 15. Drew Locke steps back pass. Drew Locke sacked at Denver 6 for negative 9-yard loss by Larry Ogunjobi. 28 seconds run off the clock. Third and 29 at the Denver 6. Drew Locke pass complete to Denver 6-yard line. Catch made by Jerry Judy at Denver 6, which means he threw the ball to the line of scrimmage with 26 seconds left and 29 yards to get to the first down. Penalty on Trey Hendrickson. Defensive offsides. Which means this was a free play that Drew Locke decided to check down to Jerry Judy on 3rd and 29. On a free play. Checks down to Jerry Judy on 3rd and 29. Just throw the ball down the middle of the field. Who cares if it gets intercepted? It's a free play and there's 24 seconds left. Checks down to Jerry Judy for six yards. They end up accepting the penalty. Third and 24 with 18 seconds because they started the play at 28. 10 seconds run off the clock on a free play where they throw a screen pass to Jerry Judy. 18 seconds. Third and 24 at Denver 11. Drew Locke steps back to pass. Drew Locke pass incomplete deep right intended for Jerry Judy. Nine seconds left on the clock. Fourth and 24 at Denver 11. Drew Locke steps back to pass. Drew Locke pass incomplete deep right intended for Cortland Sutton. And when they say intended for Cortland Sutton, it's a matter of semantics. Because Drew Locke did the Jared Goff thing where he threw a pass directly to the Denver bench Close to the first down with nine seconds left. Game over. Broncos lose. Season over. One of the worst Kirk Cousins slash Phillip Rivers purgatories ever executed. New sponsor alert here on the Take It Easy podcast. It is Lightbox Jewelry. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, Lightbox Jewelry has cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds that you can find at a light price of just $800 per carat. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off, priced so they won't have to. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds. Never a dull moment. All right, all right. I want to do a fun little game here that I found over the uh, football weekend of players who had big games this week who I totally forgot were in the NFL because a lot of people have COVID. A lot of people needed to scramble to add people from practice squads, and that ultimately ended up with some fun names resurfacing. First and foremost, I found out that Garrett Gilbert is now one Kyle Allen injury away from starting a football game for the Washington football team on Tuesday against the Philadelphia Eagles. For people who may or may not remember, Garrett Gilbert was the fourth string quarterback last year on the Dallas Cowboys who almost made the playoffs after Dak Prescott broke his ankle and Andy Dalton got hurt and Cooper Rush went out. Garrett Gilbert ended up playing snaps on a Sunday night football game last year, got cut by the Cowboys. 
added to the Patriots for a half second, cut by the Patriots, and now is the backup for the Washington football team if he so ends up playing on Tuesday. Someone who had a great game this week, Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson's a fun name. He was like the highest paid player and team captain on those really, really bad Cleveland Browns teams. Those teams that won one game in two years. Him and Christian Kirksey were the names of the captains slash like best players on two of, on the worst team and worst run in the NFL of the last 20 years. Well, Duke Johnson reemerged in Miami this week because Miles Gaskin and Salvan Ahmed both ended up on the COVID list. And Duke Johnson ended up putting up close to 100 yards and close to a touchdown. I would say that that's a big deal because Buffalo can't get any running back that puts up 100 yards and a touchdown. Except this week, Devin Singletary did put up 100 yards and a touchdown. I think it was like 77 yards and a touchdown. But still, Devin Singletary finally put up the game I've been waiting for him to put up for like two years now. And Duke Johnson did it while coming off the practice squad for the Miami Dolphins against the New York Jets. You know who else is a fun name? Willie Sneed. Willie Sneed? Can you guess what team Willie Sneed is on? I'm going to throw out some options here. Is it A, the New Orleans Saints? B, the Carolina Panthers? C, the San Francisco 49ers? Or D, the Cincinnati Bengals? I will give you a second to answer that question. If you guessed B, Carolina Panthers, you are correct. Willie Sneed is, in fact, a Carolina Panther now. I saw him alongside Robbie Anderson, who kept getting end-around plays in that Carolina-Buffalo game. You know who else is back? Justin Jackson. You may or may not remember Justin Jackson as the backup running back during that final Phillip Rivers season for the Los Angeles Chargers. Well, after Joshua Kelly and Larry Roundtree went out, guess who, or actually I think Joshua Kelly played this week, but after Joshua Kelly was out in previous weeks, guess who slid in as the third running back? It was Justin Jackson off the Chargers practice squad, back in those awesome powder blue uniforms, and he was the sixth leading rusher in the NFL during week 15. So shout out to Justin Jackson, popping back in for a quick rewind of his 2019 season when we kind of fell in love for a half second there with Justin Jackson on the Take It Easy podcast. It's glad to have Justin Jackson back. And finally, the legend himself starting today at two o'clock in the afternoon on the West Coast against the Las Vegas Raiders, who they still have a chance to beat. The starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns is Nick Mullins, the same Nick Mullins, who on those terrible 49ers teams back in 2018 played a Thursday night game against the 3-10 and Oakland Raiders, and Nick Mullins put up 400 passing yards and three touchdowns and led the 49ers to a meaningless victory that ultimately ended up costing them a top pick in the draft. But I think that year they ended up getting Nick Bosa anyways. So instead of getting Kyler Murray, they got Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa has 15 sacks on the season now. Worked out okay. But we have that legendary Nick Mullins game that did double the ratings of the Philadelphia 76ers and Boston Celtics game that was on at the exact same time because football is king sport in the American sports landscape. Nick Mullins is the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns against the same Raiders team 
that he dominated back in 2018. I really, really hope that this is the football god smiling down upon us with a wonderful, wonderful Nick Mullins game. It is time for us to award the Kirk Cousins Purgatory Award for week number 15. And I know we spent the first part talking about how Drew Locke spent all that time in Kirk Cousins Purgatory and put up an absolute dud, but we've already laughed enough at that. And I don't want to look at Drew Locke's name on the Kirk Cousins Purgatory Award because we had two true Kirk Cousins Purgatory Awards to pick from this week. And I want to give credit to a quarterback who surprised all of us by jumping out to a 17-7 lead and then watched that lead evaporate because his team isn't actually that good and maybe just maybe the Miami Dolphins' defense is better than we thought. But Zach Wilson found himself with 1 minutes and 20 seconds left, down 7 points, no timeouts, length of the field to go. And on the first play in Kirk Cousins' purgatory, they got a holding penalty. And on first and 20, they threw an incompletion. And on second and 20, they threw an incompletion. And on third and 20, they completed for 10 yards. And with one minute left to go, they threw a pass short of the line of scrimmage. A tried and true way to lose in Kirk Cousins' purgatory because they were tackled one yard short. Zach Wilson, for the first time, welcome to the pantheon of Kirk Cousins Purgatory. And finally, we wrap up the Memes of the Weekend podcast here, shorter Memes of the Weekend podcast, with our forgettable game of the week. And while I want to choose from many of the bowl games over the weekend, whether it be UTEP losing to Fresno State in the PUBG New Mexico Bowl, or whether it be whoever played in the RNL Carriers Louisiana Bowl, I do want to pick an NFL game this week, and I do want to select the Dallas Cowboys versus New York Giants game. And why do I want to pick the Dallas Cowboys versus New York Giants game? Because the Cowboys-Giants game ended up exactly how you would have thought coming into the game. If you had Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys against the New York Giants led by Mike Glennon and Jake Fromm in garbage time. I did not know Jake Fromm was still in the NFL, but he's the third stringer practice squad QB for the Giants. Jake Fromm went 6 for 12 for 82 yards in mop-up duty. And uh, Devontae Booker and whatever's left of Saquon Barkley, which is apparently 15 carries for 50 yards, good enough to net the Giants six points against the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys only scored 21. They probably could have scored more, but a lot of, you know, field goal kicking for the Dallas Cowboys. I actually don't think they kicked any field goals. They just happened to miss an extra point and go for two. And 
The Cowboys ended up putting up an okay game. Like Dak Prescott had a hundred passer rating. Tony Pollard and Zeke had 120 rushing yards between the two of them. Zeke had a touchdown. Like the cow, we didn't learn anything new. The Cowboys are going to win the NFC East handily. If Washington loses to the Eagles, they win the NFC East. They now have a chance to get a top seed in the NFC playoff picture because the Arizona Cardinals just lost to the Lions. So the Cowboys still have a chance to get a top. NFC playoff seed and the Giants should have fired Dave Gettleman and Joe Judge a couple weeks ago, which, by the way, they had the built-in opportunity to fire everyone. This is another built-in opportunity, like just getting smacked by the Cowboys, but are they actually going to keep Joe Judge for another season and just have like a quagmire year with a first-time general manager and two first-round picks, but we know Joe Judge is going to get fired like, and the GM's going to want to pick the new coach. Like, I don't understand the point of it. Like, just dump everyone and start all over again. Like, it's so strange that they've decided to ride this out with Joe Judge the way they have. Uh, this is just the analysis I have on the Giants, another perpetually mediocre franchise like the Denver Broncos that we talked about earlier. Like, I, I'm just surprised that they decided to ride it out with Joe Judge as head coach because it's just going to be a quagmire season and it's not like the the Bears who we aren't going to talk about seriously anymore like the Giants have the Bears first round pick they're both of their first round picks right now are currently in the top six like the Giants can absolutely reset everything fumigate the organization get rid of Daniel Jones get rid of Saquon Barkley get rid of Dave Gettleman get rid of Joe Judge fumigate everything start from top to bottom Get rid of everything that happened in the Gettleman era. Tank the last few games of the season. Get a top pick. Do it like these college teams that have to go play in a bowl game, like Oregon playing Oklahoma in the Alamo Bowl. Or I saw that the pregame for the college football playoff this year is the University of Miami in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Like, and they're playing Washington State, who also fired their coach midseason. Like, just fumigate the organization, punt on the season, get a top pick. Like, who cares? You could still end up with the number two pick in the draft the way things are going right now. Lions just won today. They're going to beat the Falcons next week. Go ahead. Just do it. Just fumigate the organization. Tank. I'd also like to laugh at the fact that the Giants had so many goddamn receivers to start the season. They signed Kenny Galladay. They drafted Kadarius Toney in the first round, swiping him from Urban Meyer, reportedly. They still had Sterling Shepard. They had Evan Ingram. They had John Ross that they signed in free agency. They had Dante Pettis. They had all these receivers. I assume Golden Tate is still roaming around out there. And I was watching the Cowboys-Giants game on the red zone, and I saw some dude number 16 named Johnson. I'm just like, they had more receivers than I could think of on any team. Like, I couldn't name six receivers on any NFL team, and yet they still ended up with some random Colin Johnson playing wide receiver three at the end of the season. It's just amazing how incompetent the New York football giants can be sometimes. And we learn nothing about them and learn nothing about the Cowboys. This is just a forgettable game. Cowboys won by 15. Covered the spread on that one, by the way. Sitting pretty at 4-1 and one right now. I can uh, celebrate that a little bit more, and uh, 4-1 and one win this week means I'm inching ever so closer to our buddy Blake Jude in the Pick'em Pool. Thank you, Dallas Cowboys, for providing a forgettable game of the week and providing more of a chance for me to laugh at the New York football giants, because Mike Glennon and Jake Fromm, that's what they threw out there today for the, all those season ticket holders getting their medium sodas and watching 
Mike Glennon versus Jake Fromm, which if you don't know that story, it's been going all over the internet, that Giants gave season ticket holders a free medium soda as a reward for this game here today with the equivalent value at the stadium of $18, but in real life, about $1.75. And that's the Memes of the Weekend podcast, everybody. Thanks for stopping in. Uh, Download the NFL Monday pod that we have. Uh, Check out Wired Up from Sunday. We talked about Kyrie Irving. It's a really great podcast there. We, We just updated our picks. Best podcast we've had in a while. Stripe Hype Friday from last week. Check that out Two hours of amazing, amazing content. I really, really loved that podcast. This one feels great. NFL Monday feels great. I feel great. And I hope you all are feeling great as well. Take it easy, everybody.